0: pretty little thing
1: approaching me Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of the JD Podcast. I am your host Jason Dietz and today we will have a couple special guests in when we talk NFL free agency, the Bears, the Bulls, and the White Sox and Cubs. Stay tuned after this. ain't no rest for the wicked. Money don't go. My first guest today is someone who's taught me everything I need to know about sports, especially in Chicago, and that is my own father, Rob Dietz. How are you doing today, Rob? J.D., doing good. I'm happy to be on the show. Thanks for inviting me. Of course, of course. I'm, you know, I'm glad to be here. And This is my first podcast. I've been meaning to do it for a while, just technical difficulties, but let's get along with probably our favorite team of all of Chicago. And that's the Chicago Bears. And if I know anything about my dad is he's had his ups and downs with the Bears over the years. He's seen the best and he's seen the lowest of lows with the Chicago Bears. And me and him were at that playoff game two seasons ago when Cody Parkey missed that field goal in the double doink, which was one of the worst situations in all Chicago Bears history. So Ryan Pace, what does he do two years later? Is what he does is he goes out and gets Nick Foles in a trade for a fourth round pick because he doesn't trust Mr. Trubinsky. How do you feel about that?
0: I think a big reasoning for that them going after him was, as we all know, what's going on with the coronavirus and the uncertainty of when anybody's gonna be able with the social distancing, being able to get together. And enjoy sports like, which is our, which is what America is all about. You know, baseball, basketball, football, hockey. I just every sport. The Olympics coming up. Everything is being affected, and more importantly, people in general. But since we're talking about sports here, there's not going to be OTAs, and there's probably most likely not going to be the practice. You know, the uh, the summer practices and. They had to, I feel, and I think they felt, they had to get someone familiar with the system. They were not able to uh, trust, you know, waiting for Cam or bringing in somebody that they feel might be a little more, a little higher quality than Nick Foles. But there's no, there's no learning curve. But at the same time, they got themselves a winner. I don't care what you say about Nick Foles. The guy's a winner. Sure, he's a career backup. He, he said he, he, prefer, he didn't mind being a backup, that, that he never had a problem with that. But I just see the guy many times rise to the occasion. Me and you saw it firsthand when he drove him down. Um, after the shank punt, uh, drove him down still, and, and then was a fourth and one, fourth and two, and completes the pass for the touchdown. And then we see the double drink and, and, and they go on. I don't blame him for his time in Jacksonville. He gets hurt, and by the time he came back, it, it was a wreck. That was a, that was a train wreck going nowhere but uh, downhill. When he came back and to go under and try to be his savior was asking way too much. So I thought it was a great move by him, uh, based on the situation, him knowing the system. You know what else? I think the guy. I don't think he's just a game manager. I think he could win games, and I think he proves he could prove that. I can make tough. He can make tough throws. He's not shy to do it. Sure, he doesn't have a lot of mobility, which I'm concerned about with the Bears' line. But I think he also has the smarts to know when to dump the ball and get rid of the ball, know when to, when to force it into a tight area, know when to take a sack. I have no problem with him, and I also feel he's coming in to start. I don't believe he's coming in, and I want to ask your opinion on that. I don't think he's coming in to be the backup at $20 million. You know, $50 remain on this contract. I know they re- renegotiate a little bit off that, but 20 million is guaranteed. He's not coming in here to uh, per year, and he could get out either year. He has the option to leave. They even renegotiate where he, if he does good or the Bears do good, he can still leave. Or if they don't do that good and he does really good, he could leave.
1: Well, I mean, I think what you're trying to say is he knows the system. There's no off season. There's not probably not going to be an off season program. No, none of us really know. I mean, technically, he's the safest option the Bears could have went with. And he actually is a game manager. He knows how to work the game and he's been through it all. And I think that's the opposite of Trubisky because Trubisky doesn't have that experience. And you know what? I mean, Nick Foles was for a fourth rounder. Ryan Pace hasn't been that good with his first, second, third rounders, but he's been solid in the late rounds, which I mean, is that fourth rounder going to help us this year? Because this team right now, you're built to win now. That defense is built to win now. Now we can go back and say, okay, Nick Foles was 0-4 with the Jaguars and he what well, he was hurt for most of the season. But then he's also uh, yep. Yeah, but he's also expected to earn sixteen million dollars. So like we go back to that thing that you said where is he gonna start? He's getting paid like a starter. And the biggest question comes down to which what I want to ask you is does Nick Foles make the Bears better?
0: Yeah, I what I think what you just said is they're built to win now. So, yes, he makes them better. They already lost, you know, to me, a year and a half with, uh, with Mitch. And I don't even want to go back to the, the playoff game, you know, that, that one where that yeah. was their year. They're built to win now. I don't think he came here to, to lose the job. I think it's his job to lose or lose it if he just doesn't perform. That's just my feeling. I can't see the money you paid him. They, I thought they were going to go after a Case Keenum or somebody like that. Yeah. I thought if they were just going to go and not, not, you know, hey, we got, a, we got a nice professional backup here. We have a seasoned guy here, four or five belts up there, a veteran. Under the belt, he's not going to put too much pressure on Mitch. Mitch is our guy, as we heard. I think we would have got like a Case Keenum or something like that. But they, with them bringing him in, there's a few reasons. One of them, yeah, I think he's coming here. Yes, he make him better and win now.
1: No doubt. Well, with this virus going on, it definitely made the most sense. And I know a lot of Bears fans wanted Cam Newton or wanted someone, maybe nobody really wanted Andy Dolan, but then I started to maybe give Ryan Pace some respect, but before that, he what he did was he went and signed an old man in Jimmy Graham for a two-year contract worth $16 million, and $9 a million dollars were guaranteed with a no-trade clause, which you don't see too often in the NFL. So my question to you is first, was Ryan Pace... Buying Jimmy Graham for that much was that worth it? Or Do you think that it may come down to maybe Eric Ebron didn't want to come here, maybe other tight ends didn't, maybe there's not enough draft stock in the in the NFL draft coming up with all you know with the coronavirus. Do you think that Jimmy Graham will help this team, and do you think he was worth the money?
0: No, and I think uh, I think they drastically overpaid. Uh, that's a great question. I, every I, there's inner circles in the GMs. You know, we all listen to the sports shows. There are GMs just baffled baffled that they gave that guy that type of money and, and the guarantees they gave him the no trade clause that was really if you read the, if you read into it that was no big deal because he's even having that great of a year and living up to the contract they gave him they're not going to trade him you yeah. know so and yeah. um, it's really not it, that big a deal and they didn't really have to put it in there because the guaranteed money's in there so, so it didn't matter if you like all of them and the no trades in there the, he gets the money so with the guaranteed money and a no trade, I heard a lot of the, the, the contract people say, that's that really was uh, – I think that maybe just made him feel good or something or maybe something for the wife. I don't know, but they didn't <laughs> understand that. They didn't. They didn't understand that one either because, really, if he's playing bad, you cut him, he's got the guaranteed money. He's playing good, they're not going to let go of him because they have nobody else. Why they didn't wait on Eric? There's got to be something inside on there where he just didn't want nothing to do with this offense. I mean, I, if you look at, it, do you blame some of these free agents? I mean, it's not as toxic. No doubt, it's toxic like the Bulls. That's a whole other, con, you know, conversation. But to go to that organization, but mm-hmm. to come to that offense, would you want to come to this offense? God, no. Well, wide receiver, one. think God Allen Robinson, such a, a gentleman that he is, and he's just a just a, a superb person because he talks professionally and he doesn't. He's not insulting. But I mean, I'm sure there's times he was just frustrated as hell at, at Mitch out there. We were. We saw it, and all the other receivers. I can only imagine these guys coming there as free agents, saying, "I'm not going there and, and getting my stats just, try, you know, get my stats killed, and then my next contract just looked terrible." And and why pay Jimmy Graham now? Look at what he's done, you know, lately. And I thought, Jason, I also thought it was just at Green Bay. They went to the running game. They committed to it. How many times did they run in the ball in the past? They should probably get six, seven running TVs a year. They had 25 last year. 25 yeah. running touchdowns that's the difference they had so those three two three yarders that Graham was great at going up for eight 70, seven eight yarders in the end zone Drew Breeds would just hit him at will at those Green Bay didn't do it they ran Wait. the ball in because that the running back the running game was phenomenal
1: even but, Russell Wilson yeah yeah but then when you
0: look past when when you even look back the last couple of years like you point out to me like when we were reviewing uh reviewing his stats he didn't do he didn't do much of previous years either for
1: green bay he only had two five, TDs a year yeah, yeah two yeah, TDs five, five total touchdowns run. the last two seasons I, mean, yeah,
0: I do not know what they saw here's the best thing is when i heard the uh, Jimmy Graham interviewed and they asked him what made him they had him on one of the stations what made him want to sign here he probably said cuz they're idiots and paid me he if, if he was honest because he yeah. overpaid me <laughs> uh, he said that Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. He, We're just so good. We're so good to them and just how they run their offense and how they design it and how they love to involve the tight end and just their personalities just overwhelm them. And he goes, They were just better than anybody else I talked to. (laughs) I heard it live from him. So Pace could put on a show, ask ask our quarterback.
1: Oh, yeah. And Pace Pace is really good at saying one thing to the media and not saying the other. And, you know, we'll get that later, but. You could have potentially got Austin Hooper for $11 million a year when he went to the Browns, which I, I don't really know anybody who wants to go there. Or Eric Ebron for $6 million a year for two years.
2: But you know, that. then
1: again, you, you just don't know if he wanted to come here like we brought up. And Jimmy Graham, when he had a terrible last two seasons with one of the best quarterbacks of all time, and you see that with him. Of course, he ran for the money. That makes 100% sense. So, But then we then he drops Leonard Floyd and drops his $13 million salary. And he goes out and gets Robert Quinn. And he agreed to a five-year, $70 million contract, $30 million guaranteed. He had 11.5 sacks last season, which is very solid. But the years before that, he was very average before he had that elite tackling and sacking ability. So my question to you is, was Robert Quinn worth it for the Bears? Overpaid, yes, but I think
0: you had to pay him. Thank God that Paige finally admitted, you know, we, we could think of the Kevin White and, you know, some of these other people that he's drafted in the first round. And he waited too long, maybe to the fifth year, to, to get rid of him. But that's before you have to really pay him. So that's great. And he got rid of him here before you have to really pay him. And just like Mitch is in his fifth year where you really have to pay him after this year. Thank God he did cut him. And we look at his statute, which down the line we'll cover his draft picks. And we saw, God, it's sad looking at him, especially in mm-hmm. the lower rounds. And you brought up the lower rounds. He sucks. And he has some very nice picks, third, fourth, fifth, especially the fourth and fifth or fifth rounder. But that's Absolutely. different. Yeah. But I think you had to have him. And I look at it for two reasons. One is, the guy is, a, to me, he's a solid, solid football player. The defense has already took taken some hits. The one thing about Prince, you know, they had to let Prince go. But, Two things about him, besides being a very solid football player, he was very, very well-liked. He was very solid in the locker room, and he was Mm -hmm. a leader on the field. And a lot of the players talked about that. And that's a key, having these type of guys on a defense, like their type of defense. To to have those guys, you got to replace those guys. And you really can't. That's something hard to replace when you got rid of him. But to bring in and show, to bring in the support on the defensive line, I look at that is now we got Cleo Mack freed up which I think he was just getting a beat on last year. Because Leonard Floyd, you know what Leonard Floyd did and what he got compliments for? He could drop back. So what sack man that you want that he gets compliments because he could drop back in coverage and, he, and he's very diversified. 60%
1: like, of his, sack t- his sacks was against the he Packers. Green Bay. Yeah. Right. So this you don't crazy. need that.
0: You need, this guy's a career hitman. I believe that he is a hitman. He has one goal, one goal only, and that's a sack the quarterback. And I think the Bears needed that, especially with Khalil. And losing some strength in their secondary, which we saw, our secondary is going to be very important. We have to get to the quarterback. We cannot give him more time. When we lose, you know, our safety, we lose him. And I, you know, we lost our other guy to Green Bay two years ago too. It's adding up. And now the two guys we brought in, you know, they're good, but that's it. They're good. So I need. I think we need to really get to the quarterback quick and to help out the secondary. I like the move, even though you overpaid.
1: Yeah, I mean, we did overpay, no doubt about it, but. Definitely a, a move that you need to make with team, the defense you have right now. And you think about this: we have Mac on one side, you got Robert Quinn on the inside, Love or on it. the Love other it. side. And, sorry, and you got Hakeem Hicks coming back from injury. And how are you going to double team all those guys? One of those guys are bound to free up. But the biggest and you got thing with go,
0: yeah. I mean, Eddie, Eddie Goldman, yeah. Eddie Goldman. I mean, Goldman, he's a son. Excuse, excuse me,
1: right? Definitely a great, solid defensive front. No doubt about it. We got Trevathan back if he stays healthy. And we got we got Roquan Smith another year under his belt. What this comes down to is needs. What do the Chicago Bears need now? There's the old line that had situations in the past. Kyle Long just retired. There's a huge hole in the right guard. There's the old line. There's the safety position. We lost Ha-Ha Clinton because Ha-Ha and Eddie Jackson just didn't work well together. They did in college, but they're ball hawkers and that's why Amos the tackler and Eddie Jackson the ball hawk they work so well together so what do you think the bears biggest need is and why do you think that
0: i think mean, it's a thing you said right off the bat the offensive line we can't put everything on Mitch and god knows you know this he has so many of his own issues but that line had they had probably the, that was probably the worst performance of their offensive line in the last <laughs> watching the bears in every game and being at half of them in a long time watching that offensive line it was very porous uh very porous and um people being and in the way they switch everybody around one day they have Cody at center then he's at guard i mean it's just it was to me it was it was just a wreck and uh you gotta have some consistency in the offensive line so all you brought that's why they got that seasoned veteran they just signed him on a one year contract the guard
1: he has a he they has just, a weird he has a weird last name but yeah he picked he uh, picked it up he they picked him something. up
0: He's another guy that could have been signed after his five years, and could have been signed big. They chose not to sign him, so they didn't see the future with him. But sometimes you get him into a different system with a different coach. He could do he could do a very serviceable job. And right now, I'll take somebody just consistent, a uh, step up from what we had last year. I'm sick of shuffling people around. Keep Cody, you know, keep Cody at center. I mean, that, that you got to. He, he, the guy's an all pro. Keep him at center. Keep him at guard. But keep him somewhere and. You can't fool around with the center position. How many times we watch them ball rolling back or flying over the head? And because we're playing games, and I don't blame him all the time. One day he's playing, one week he's playing guard, next week he's playing center. And center's brutal in the NFL. It's brutal. You're not just center, you're calling, you're, you're leading that line. You're also calling out shit on defenses and stuff like that. There's a lot that that center does. And then he's got to concentrate on who's going to come biff him and ahead of him and who's on top of him. And then getting the ball to the quarterback. So I think that's huge. And I have a feeling they're at their draft position. I do have a feeling they're going to go offensive lineman. You're going to have a very, very good offensive lineman there. Problem is, Bears cannot make a mistake of you've got to draft the best player available at the, the pick that they have. You can't, you can't pick for need. It's too early to do that in a draft. And that's what Barry's teams, when you draft for need and you're drafting one in the second round that really should be drafted in the fourth just because you need them, you're screwed. So, if the, if the guy's not there that's rated that should be as an offensive line, we have plenty of needs, go get him. But I have a feeling there's going to be a, a nice, highly rated that slips to him. And if we can get somebody in there that's going step right in, it would make me a lot more comfortable. That brings back Graham. How, you know, one thing I didn't really check in on him,
1: how is he as a blocking tight end? Is he good? I mean I, I mean, I really couldn't tell you on that because I feel like Graham is not paid to block. Graham is paid to catch touchdowns. That's what you he's have paid a look to at, do.
0: We have a look at Gronk. That guy was the best blocker at a tight end oh, ever, yeah, and the yeah. best yeah. receiving tight end. Yeah, yeah so
1: I, I mean, was wondering no if he had
0: some value. I was just wondering if he had some value there because we sure can't trust any other tight end of ours that's hurt all the time.
1: Yeah, like Trey Burton. But right, I mean, yeah, it comes down to this. I mean, we have a corner, or we have a need at safety. We have a need at corner with Prince gone. We have a huge, we have huge needs at the offensive line. So I mean, huge. And that's what, that what it comes back down to as much as we needed Robert Quinn, maybe, you know, much as we paid for Jimmy Graham. What, what do you give Ryan Pace to wrap up here on this segment? What do you give Ryan Pace the grade of for his offseason moves? And if you would have done one thing different, what would you maybe have done? I
0: still would have went. I, I think I still would have went and quit with Quinn, even though I, I think he overpaid. But I, I think you have so many needs on defense in that secondary that I think he knows he's got to get to the quarterback quick, and he overpaid to help make that happen and to free up Cleo Mack. So he had a, he had a bunch of he had a player that's that had a great year, that's a hitman, that could help Khalil, that could help his secondary because if he ain't getting to the quarterback quick enough, they're going to rip that secondary apart. The one thing, yeah. Jason, about free agency. You can't build a team through it. it. It's always a losing proposition in most cases. Free HC. you got to build your team through the draft. So, um, you know, I give him a
1: C. Yeah, I mean, I'll give him a C- minus here. But at the end of the day, we're going to have a new quarterback. It's going to be a way different feel like it was last year. We're just going to have to wait and see and see if Ryan Pace is going to actually make this happen because really, to me, it's – if he does it now, it's now or never. If, he, if this does not happen for the Bears this year, if there's no playoff or even close to playoff aspirations, Ryan Pace is gone. And you know what? Matt Nagy's future is at risk as well.
0: Real quick on my summary end, yes, that, that is the hot. That there's no doubt they're on the hot seat. And you're exactly right. The reason he went all in on Cleo Mack and lost draft picks for the future because he went all in. He thought Mitch was the person. He went all in on Mitch. When he did all that with Cleo, and, and ba- he mortgaged the future for what he thought he had in place, and it backfired on him. It backfired on him. So his little saving grace, or maybe they think it is, leads back to our opening thing, is Nick Foles. That's what yep. it led back to. That's,
1: yep. that's going to be his savior. That's, he's got to be the savior here. Yeah, you're right. Nick Foles, he has the chance to become the savior of football in Chicago. We'll be right back after Nikki's Thought of the Day. In the
0: Arms of the angel, fly away
1: From here. And Nikki's Thought of the Day. Well, this has been a real struggle for about everyone in every way, but Going to talk about the gym rats today. You know, our sanctuary was taken, the place we go to release really stress. It's like, what to even do? I started building a home gym in my grandma's basement because, yeah, I'm like stranded here in Chicago. So, doing the best with that, but not to mention the weights are sold out everywhere online, every delivery, every type of sports store. It's like, I got some stuff, but should have got it all. Anyways. Who else can relate? My next guest today is all the way from ISU, and he's the biggest Packers fan I've ever met in my entire life. He's a cheesehead, but he's on my podcast, Give It Up for Labuda. How you doing today, Labuda? Doing all right, doing all right. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem, man. Um, actually, this is kind of my first podcast. I've been meaning to do it for a while, but you know, with this... With this hate with the coronavirus going on, you might as well get some uh, free agency going. We're going to start probably with the biggest story of the whole offseason with the Buccaneers getting Tom Brady, and he signed a two-year deal worth $50 million guaranteed. How are you feeling about that? Dude, I'm, 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 this
2: is not. This is going to be a hot take because a lot of people think that Tom Brady is like the goat and the god. I I think they're going to be worse than when they were with Jim Winston.
1: Pretty much Tom Brady has more wins than all the Buccaneers starters combined. Wait, He's, really? If you really think it, think about it and soak it in, that's incredible. That is pretty nuts. He's old. Uh, he is. Been he wasn't that good last year. I, nope. Not as good as his previous years. And, you know, sometimes you say that and the Patriots come back some some way, somehow, but not last year. And But I think the biggest difference here is... First of all, he's going to a place with Bruce Arians, which he's a head coach. He's the opposite of Belichick, really laid back, but, you know, he makes you work. How much do you think Tom Brady bringing in a new culture will impact the Buccaneers? Well, the thing is, you
2: know, Tom Brady's used to winning and used to having really good coaching from, you know, from the the top all the way down, from the coordinators to even the assistants are all, you know, really, really, like half of the people on the Patriots, can go be actual head coaches on other teams and you're not gonna get that on the bucks. So I feel like there could be some frustration from him. And if they don't start winning out out the gate, I think it could just blow up in their face. Like the contract that he got is like actually insane. For someone of his age to get a contract like that, like I, I don't know. With the, the the amount of guaranteed money plus the no trade and no tag, he finessed them really like he doesn't even need to do anything. He's getting paid regardless.
1: Yeah, I agree. And what the crazy part about this is, really, Tom Brady had he had a couple options. You know, I think the Raiders and going to Vegas were definitely intriguing to him. But I think the difference was, first of all, you're in Tampa Bay, you get to chill at the beach every week, which you can't beat that. And then also, look at the weapons he has compared to last year. Last year he had Antonio Brown for what one or two games, right? Yeah, not even. But, but otherwise, Julian Edelman. I couldn't name another wide receiver on on the Patriots. Now he's got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, O.J. Howard, and Cameron Bray. How do you feel about that?
2: Yeah, that that's the first thing I thought of. Her. That's what kind of got me excited about the Bucs because I was like, like they're going to have a really good quarterback thrown to him. But then I kind of remembered how much he's dropped off because I just think back to those playoff games and even throughout the year, like Tom Brady, is just like, he was just missing random throws. Like To me, I always think of him as a, a system quarterback. He goes out there does his job and during his prime years going above and beyond making these insane throws but as he's getting older he's just flat out missing throws like especially I remember during that Titans game there were some really bad plays and if he starts you know if he does that like I guess Mike Evans and Godwin can make up for it but I don't know if they're that that good that they can help him if he's struggling too hard and also I don't really remember how good the Bucs run game is
1: Yeah I mean they have Payne Barber and Ronald Jones III. Ronald Jones III is a great pass catcher out of the backfield, but otherwise they have no real run force and run game, which obviously can have an effect on Brady. But really, I think the Bucks defense is really underrated. When you have a quarterback like last year and Jameis Winston throwing what 33 interceptions last year, I believe, yeah, which is which is incredible. Obviously, a defense is going to hurt from that regardless. But they re-signed Shaquille Barrett. He had one of the league-high sacks of last year, and then they re-signed Jason Pierre-Paul. Do you think this team is an actual contender or a pretender?
2: Uh, dude, honestly, I
1: don't. I don't even think it's
2: gonna depend on how well they play. I think it's gonna be how badly the rest of the division plays. Because even though, like you said, Jameis Winston threw 30 picks, he threw 33 touchdowns, 5,000 yards. Like I remember, because I, I was betting on some of these games, I remember watching. Like he throw interception, pick six interception and then next next half comes along touchdown 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 because Mike Evans or you know Godwin are wide open down the field I I I don't know like as much as he was playing poorly there was also he was also winning them games and I don't know I really I honestly don't know I'm gonna say pretenders because I think the rest of the division will outperform them
1: yeah and going off of that do you believe in Jameis Winston
2: yeah I think he was playing hurt if I if I remember correctly I think he had like a he had something with his hand, like a broken thumb, or there was some. He was playing hurt. That's all I know, 100%. And like you could see, even the commentators in some of the games that I was watching were saying that like his throwing motion just looked kind of weird and off. And I think if he gets healthy and he gets like a decent team around him, then he can go back to the you know the first round status. But right now, I don't I don't know if he's gonna be able to. I don't, like I don't know if he's gonna play next year.
1: Yeah, I agree. And Tony Dungy actually came out yesterday, I believe, and said. He kind of had a similar career path the first four seasons of his career, like Peyton Manning, which, I mean, it's really hard to compare Jameis Winston to Peyton Manning. But, I mean, I think he just meant more in the sense that, it, you know, there's still a little bit of hope left in Winston. If he could turn, you know, get down his um, turnovers, you know, I think that's a big thing. Jameis Winston has talent. He has talent. Hard. But, yeah, I mean, it all depends on, first of all, who who what team, if, he, if any team, if he lands on. And, second, can he limit those turnovers?
2: And also, you can look around the league right now. Like, I, I still don't know who's going to be quarterbacking the Redskins or uh, the Lions, the Bear. I mean, the Bears have, you know, we can talk about that later. Uh, Matt Ryan on the Falcons is like, you know, what's going on there? Everyone, yeah, everyone else in the league seems pretty solid. But the
1: Patriots. I mean, who who do they have at quarterback? Are they signed Brian Hoyer to a one year yeah. deal because they're familiar with him? But he's not a starter in this league. I honestly don't
2: know what the Patriots are going to do. I feel like Bill Belichick is going to pull something out of his ass, though. He always does. It comes
1: down to this now. It Obviously, they're not going to have a Tom Brady, but like we kind of talked about earlier, Tom Brady's not the same that he once was. Who was the real reason for success of the Patriots' dynasty? Would you say it was more Bill? Do you, would yeah. you say it's more Brady, or would you say it's both?
2: I, Bill, 100%. Bill.
1: You could have wow. taken
2: you could have taken someone like Mitch Trubisky and put him on the Patriots and he would they they okay they wouldn't have been as good because obviously Tom Brady's like a talented quarterback there's no doubt about that like he 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 made the throws he needed to make and he made some insane plays out there but if you look back on some of the rings that they won some of these plays are just absolutely insane like from the twenty eight to three comeback like that was pure coaching but some of these throws that were just thrown up there tip 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 catch on your chest you know all these like crazy insane plays like. That wasn't Brady. That was like luck going their way and also just fantastic coaching. And I think if you just took like a middle of the pack quarterback, they could have been, you know, just as good.
1: It's honestly hard not to go back and think about when the Falcons were up, I believe it was twenty eight to three in the Super Bowl. Yeah. The Patriots came back. I mean that yeah, that was tough for all of us, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I hate I hated that too. I don't
2: hate the Patriots, but like, you know, when
1: you see someone winning
2: that much, it's like, it's hard not to root against them unless you're, you know, from Boston.
1: I know you're a big, a big Packers fan. So we're kind of going to the Packers. They lost last year in the playoffs. And first of all, did you believe they should have been in the playoffs last year?
2: I mean, they were just kind of there, right? Like they were just better than everyone else. Like They had a good record, right? They were like a 13-win team, but yeah, I don't know. They definitely didn't play like a 13-win team just because you had the Chiefs and the 49ers right up there. And just watching what the 49ers did to that defense was just – it was disgusting. It's just they don't have defense. Like, the Packers just cannot play defense for some reason
1: year after year. Yeah, I mean, I really like your linebackers. And then you guys have Adrian Amos from the Bears over at the safety position. Yeah, but, but we just what, got rid of our sack leader. I don't know why. That's crazy. So, what, what do you think – you kind of already talked about defense. What, what do you think the Packers need – which they can easily sneak into the playoffs again, you know, you can't really trust the Vikings, you can't trust the Bears, you can't trust the Lions, and they could easily just get back into the playoffs. What do you think makes them a contender for a Super Bowl? What do you think they actually need to do, maybe in, in free agency or going into the draft?
2: Definitely just defense, just stack defense and
1: go for get, like
2: Because the thing is, their line wasn't, their core line wasn't bad, but people just keep getting hurt. And so you need better backups and just, you know, defense, get, get me some cornerbacks, a safety, maybe another crazy linebacker, just, just something. Because when you have people running, how much, how many yards did they get run up on like 200 over 200 plus Jimmy threw the ball like six times against them. And they, ugh, they just couldn't even, uh, they couldn't even keep up It's sad. And also Rogers didn't look like himself in the playoffs. It was kind of weird.
1: I watched Rogers last year and you know, he's still, he's still good. You know, but he doesn't have. I don't think he has that it factor that he had during your Super Bowl run. But I mean, he's still he's still really good, and I mean, he can get you to the promised land again with the right supporting staff.
2: Which I think they have, right? Like I I like Matt Lafleur as the coach, but I think they just need more pieces, right?
1: But your run game last year was incredible. Yeah, Aaron Jones is a beast. Yeah, he is. He's definitely. And Williams is a nice little backup. Oh yeah, I, yeah, a great one-two punch. Now we're going to kind of go into the uh, Panthers here because the Panthers made some interesting moves this offseason so far. First, they signed Teddy Bridgewater for three years, $21 million per year. What do you think about that?
2: I, I like I've always liked Teddy Bridgewater and
1: to be honest I don't know what took so long
2: for him to actually get to play because that the injury he sustained was insanely grotesque and ugh, like, it was oh
1: like so it was yeah it was, yeah, it was brutal. but like,
2: like he almost lost his leg like it was really bad but like he came back like he did his therapy and everything like if the doctors cleared him to play like clearly he was you know he was good to go and he's just been sitting on the Saints bench like that long like I don't know it, like out of all the teams that need a quarterback you'd think that like Someone would ring up the Saints and give them something for it.
1: Yeah, who would you rather have, Cam Newton or
2: Teddy Bridgewater? Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. I just I I, I don't know. Cam Newton keeps getting hurt and his attitude is kind of terrible sometimes.
1: Cam hasn't been Cam since I think that Super Bowl run that you know they ended up losing. I think of the time where they
2: they fumbled the ball and he in the Super Bowl and he didn't even try to dive on it. He just stared at it.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. And now moving over to the Falcons here. They didn't make too big of moves. They signed Dante Fowler from the Rams, which pretty solid in 48 yeah. million dollars. The most noteworthy move here that they made is signing Todd Gurley after he got released from the Rams one year after signing a huge contract. How do you feel yeah. about that?
2: I don't. There's there's something we don't know about Todd Gurley. I, I they keep saying what arthritis,
1: right? But yeah, he has But arth- there's got to be more to it. Yeah, they but.
2: were not playing. Like I just can't. I don't know. They were not playing him at all on the Rams. It's really weird. And I remember remember specifically because I had him on my fantasy teams and he was getting such low production. I I think him or Jimmy Graham could actually like everyone's kind of talking about these things. And I think both of these players have the potential to actually have a comeback year. I I know we didn't really talk about Jimmy Graham that that much, but like it's it's a weird thing. It's a weird pickup. I still think if he has a really good year, then like all the Bears fans and all the analysts will just kind of look dumb. Same with, same with Todd Gurley. Like, I don't I don't think the Falcons are really getting too much flack for signing him. But I think it's a great pickup. Because like, even if he doesn't play well, like, he's not getting that much money from him. It's really not that big of a deal.
1: Yeah. And a crazy fact is the Falcons potentially, their whole offensive unit, all 11 players on the field, could all potentially be former first-round pick. Just, you know, it's kind of weird. Wow. I did not know that. That's crazy. You know, I mean, I think the most interesting thing this off season was the Cardinals. They traded for arguably the best wide receiver in the whole entire league with DeAndre Hopkins.
2: Yeah, why do you? I'm still trying to mold this over in my head how this happened because you have and like Hopkins is really good. Don't get me wrong, but like he gets injured a lot, and so does David Johnson. I like if one of them was always healthy, I would understand it maybe a little more. Like okay. Hop is always healthy and it's not a big deal, like pick him up. Same with the other way around, like David Johnson, he was always like putting up numbers and producing. But they each of them kinda had like kinda bad years. And I don't know, it's gonna be really weird because like I don't know, maybe the Cardinals might look like geniuses or not the Cardinals, the Texans. Let's say Hopkins gets hurt and David Johnson, you know, carries them to the playoffs. Like that could be insane.
1: Yeah. First of all, I mean the Cardinals, I think they're the sleeper team coming into this season. Kyler Murray, his first his <laughs> first eight games to his last eight games was night and day. I thought Kyler Murray played great his last eight games, especially when Kenyon Drake got traded and they started, yeah. you know, started having that run game. That was a really good pickup. And just look at these weapons he, weapons he has now. He has Hopkins, Kirk, which I loved Kirk, especially in fantasy, Fitz, which is always a reliable, you know, wide receiver, you know, your third option. And then they got Drake in the backfield. How do you feel about that? I think that
2: they're going to have a hard time doing anything simply just because Kyler still needs to um, develop. And also, they're in a really hard division. I mean, I guess we'll see how the Rams play out, but, like, the Seahawks and the Niners are still there.
1: Yeah, I mean, that division is super, super tough, especially for the Cardinals. (laughs) We're out of time here today on the JD Podcast. Thanks for everyone who's listening. And thank you, Labuda and Rob, for both joining the podcast. We'll be back next week to talk more NFL free agency. And our Bulls analyst, Brittany Deets, will come in to talk about the Bulls and what they should do with Gar packs. Have a great rest of your day, and I'll see you next time. She looked at me and this is what she said, oh, there ain't no rest for the